Widdershins by Robert Mamone. Widdershins by Robert Mamone. Warren sat with a clutch of his friends, their chairs forming a horseshoe in front of a crackling fire. Stinging sleet clattered against the windows, and the gusting wind sang mournfully through the eaves. Air thick with smoke and laughter muted the sound of the crowd milling around the bar as if they were at the bottom of the ocean. The man sitting on Warren's right jabbed him in the ribs. "'Christ, George!' he said, rubbing his side. "'Go easy, will you? Don't be such a girl's blouse!' Ignoring Warren's scowl, George sipped his beer. Wiping his mouth, he nodded across the room. Get a load of old Hendrix, he said, laughing. He's off on another one of his rants. Warren glanced sourly at the tutor, who waved a handful of crumpled papers in one hand and spoke in short, panting gasps. Hendrix's face, usually pale and intense, was flushed and sweaty. His weak chin and bulging, opalescent eyes, trapped behind round, steel-rimmed spectacles, reminded Warren of a fish. He listened intently for a few minutes, then shook his head in disgust. Hendrix, who had been talking constantly all that time, fixed his eyes on Warren. "'History is a living, breathing thing, don't you agree, Warren?' not to be stuffed away in a shoebox in a dusty archive. Hendrix's voice was thick with alcohol, eyes fever bright. He adjusted his spectacles, lenses smeared with sweat and grease. Eager faces turned towards Warren. The familiar weight of an old argument batted back and forth over the course of the college year settled across his shoulders. Sighing, he set his glass down and leaned forward. Not everything deserves to be brought back into the light. He pointed to the papers Hendricks gripped tight in a long-fingered hand. At best, what you have is a semi-literate account of a local riot over two centuries ago. If I was being charitable, they're perhaps useful as a footnote in an essay about the Luddite movement, but nothing more. Hendricks reddened at the laughter. You've not even read what I've found, and you've already rushed to judgment. Honestly, you journalists. Sorry. Hendrick's face grew sly. You modern history students have no sense of the sweep of history. Warren half rose from his chair. Their corner of the pub grew silent. He sensed his companion's eagerness, which angered him. Someone grabbed his elbow. Looking down, he saw George shake his head slightly. With an effort, Warren settled back and let his anger leak away. I'm all for bringing history out of the shadows, he said. Distantly, he admired the calmness in his voice. But the account you've unearthed clutters our understanding of the past. If you think an obscure Celtic ritual will get you closer to your PhD, then go right ahead. I won't even say anything against... I won't even say anything against your plan to stage a reenactment. The anger that remained, he let fizz through his blood. 
But if you think I'm going to be part of schoolyard silliness, you're fucking deluded. Hendrix studied him for a moment, then smiled and murmured something to the person next to him, who broke into incredulous laughter. The spell shattered and the conversation grew wilder. Keen to refresh his glass and clear his head, Warren walked to the bar. Raucous laughter followed him and he looked over his shoulder. His friends leaned in a conspiratorial knot towards Hendrix. Warren forced his way through the crowd. Hiding his unease, Warren bantered with the barmaid while she poured his beer. Taking a sip, he caught Hendrix staring at him. Screw you, mate, he thought to himself. Saluting Hendrix with a raised glass and a grin, Warren was rewarded when he flushed and jerkily looked away. Finally, the conversation and the fire guttered out. Mumbling goodbye, Warren staggered out of the pub and onto the rain-slicked street. Hunched against the cold, he made his way home, the echoed shouts of others leaving following him. <clears throat> Hunched against the cold, he made his way home, the echoed shouts of others leaving following him. Darkened shop fronts carried his ghostly reflection from window to window. Unaware of the shadow keeping pace with him, his attention was drawn to the moon. Tenebrous behind a thickening veil of swirling mist, the moon looked on the edge of dissolution by the time Warren reached his dorm. He shuffled up the echoing stairwell, dense with shadows and cold. Emerging into his corridor, the walls seemed to swell with the pounding in his head. Fumbling at his lock, he felt a shadow press close. See you in the morning, Hendrix hissed wetly in his ear. Before Warren could respond, his door clicked open and he stumbled through, reflexively slamming it shut before falling onto his bed. Within minutes, he was asleep. His dreams were disturbed. He saw the moon emerge from behind a bank of racing clouds, the surface yellowed and cracked like old bone. He stood in a clearing surrounded by outcroppings of rock and trees whose branches were lashed by the breeze. He thought he heard indistinct muttering, which, no matter how hard he tried, he couldn't make out. Gradually, though, the muttering grew clearer, until, with a jolt, he understood. Widdershins start my hair. Widdershins start my hair. There was a sudden blurring and the clearing vanished, replaced for a brief moment with an image of Hendrix, face rigid with intent, looming over him, a wad of stinking cotton clutched in one hand. Powerless, he felt the material pressed over his mouth and nose, the fumes filling his nostrils, and then he was falling. Warren woke with a start, his throat thick with the oily taste of cloves. Rolling over onto his side, he became aware of two things. Coarse yet filmy cloth covered his face, and his hands and feet were loosely bound. Opening his eyes, he was confronted by a vague blur leaning towards him. Wakey, wakey! Uneasy laughter. 
A vibration through the floor set his teeth on edge. His stomach abruptly shifted and he slid a short distance into a wall with a grunt. Wheels squealed in a long sliding crunch and he was thrown back against the opposite wall. Hendrix! Warren's voice had a soft, wondering tone. Then it hardened. Fucking bastard! What do you think you... Warren gasped at the pain blossoming along his ribs from a sharp jab. The laughter faded. Enraged, he struggled furiously, then felt a knee crush the breath from him. Stop moving or you will get hurt. Hendrix. Warren imagined his wet lips taut with excitement. Blood surged in his ears as he shifted under the knee, trying and failing to dislodge it. Gasping, he fell back. There was movement, then the fabric pressed painfully against his ear. Not so cocky now, are we? Hendrix's warm, mint-flavoured breath washed over Warren's face. I wasn't sure who amongst us would be a suitable volunteer, but your behaviour last night made the choice obvious. A scratchy chuckle, then silence. The van drove on. Warren let his throbbing head fall back. The pain in his chest eased. He coughed against the bitter oiliness of the cloves, biting deep into his lungs. Hendrix laughed, a thin, tittering noise. He imagined Hendrix sitting over him, masking his amusement with an alabaster hand trembling with suppressed glee. He fought the urge to vomit. The van swung around a corner, scattering gravel like grape shot and throwing Warren painfully against a wall before it slowed to a halt. A door cracked open and the vehicle shifted. Boots crunched alongside the van. The back door swung open on squealing hinges, letting in a watery light. The van rocked on its springs as people alighted. Warren was grabbed by his legs and dragged out. His bonds were loosened, then the shadows flitted aside, circling him. Rubbing his wrists, he struggled to his feet, wincing at the returning circulation prickling under his skin like bubbles of acid. Cocking his head, Warren listened to the rustle of movement and the distant hissing of leaves. A stiffening breeze brought with it a clear scent of pine. A stiffening breeze brought with it a clean scent of pine. He brushed his fingertips over the hessian bag, searching for the knot. That will not do, Hendrix again, this time at his back. An image reared in Warren's mind of Hendrix looming over him in the dark, a white cloth in one hand and a leer stretched across his face. Warren stumbled aside, aware of a blurred image at the edges of his sight. A crowd from miles around gathered at Stangmoors, Hendricks began amidst a rustle of papers. The rector had decried the activities of the student body in the weeks leading up to the event, but this only spurred on the wilder elements. Some of the older farmers, those whose roots in the valley went back generations, watched on silently, making me uneasy. 
but such was Jenkins's bonhomie and the ale flowing freely thanks to his father's allowance that the grumbling was left to a minority. A finger stabbed into Warren's chest, forcing him back. History is in the blood, Warren. It's etched into the very landscape around us. Its rhythms, its rituals, all spring from this native soil. The Celts knew this, as did those farmers, if only distantly. The sun, the earth and the moon, all interrelated. Modernity has severed that connection and only through... Only through... Hendrix's voice trailed away. In the silence,